Welcome back to Sustainably Influence, the podcast guiding you through the minefield of sustainability with your hosts Charlotte Williams and Bianca Foley. This season we'll be interviewing experts in sustainability and ethical living to shed a little light on the many terms used across industries, discussing the different aspects of living a conscious lifestyle and how we can do our bit to make a difference. Today we're joined by forest campaigner at Greenpeace, Elena Polisano, to discuss deforestation in the Amazon and their new campaign, Monster. With her job as a forest campaigner, Elena calls on the UK's biggest food retailers to stop buying industrially produced meat and dairy from companies linked to deforestation of the Amazon rainforest and to reduce meat sales by half by 2020. Her recent work includes confronting Tesco bosses with a personal appeal from the heart of the Amazon. Elena previously led the campaign calling on the UK supermarkets to reduce their plastic footprint and has been at the forefront of Greenpeace's creative interventions aimed at some of the world's biggest companies, including Coca-Cola and Shell. Prior to Greenpeace, Elena was an advertising creative. Hi, Elena. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm a huge podcast fan, so I'm very pleased to be yeah, having my debut with you guys. Yeah, I was going to say it's your first, first recording of a podcast. So we're yeah. very, very happy to have you and be your first podcast. Um, so you work at Greenpeace. Could you tell us a little bit, little bit about what you do? Sure. So I'm a campaigner at Greenpeace. So it's a very varied role. Lots of talking to lots of people and lots of organising. Um, it's about leading teams in like developing strategies, plans, tactics in Greenpeace climate campaigns um, to create actual change in the real world from powerful companies and governments, basically. So... I guess listeners might know Greenpeace for like bold actions we take to like block and stop stuff. And it often gets to that. Um, So we are about taking direct, peaceful, collective action, like we're a movement. Um, And Greenpeace investigates and exposes global environmental abuses. And then we confront those in the positions of power and present alternative solutions. So... At the heart of what we do is bearing witness, which basically means sort of adding scrutiny, shining a light on and showing up the stuff that's happening or the way the world is working against its own future, basically. And then trying to get like the pace and scale of change we need in tune with the sort of climate emergency. Um, What else to tell you? I used to work in advertising, so I, I still work with brands creatively, but the terms of engagement are a bit different. (laughs) Um, But I guess, yeah, the name of this podcast, Sustainably Influenced, it got me thinking about how you you guys sort of know or like engage with the power of storytelling and vision making and authenticity, resonance, popularity. And I think all these things are weaved into successful campaigning too when your sort of action-led change is, is the core goal. Yeah, definitely. I love that. No, that's amazing. There are so many jobs in the world that you're like, oh my god, I had no idea that was a job. Imagine speaking to <laughs> I don't know if it is, but speaking to like 16 year olds at school or uni students and being like, so this is a job you could do. If that if I knew that before I went to uni or after, I thought I want to be a campaigner. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but my answer at that age actually, I think, was probably younger. But for some reason, I was like absolutely determined to run a cattery. 
And like that's that's the answer I gave everyone. And I mean, I I don't know by the age of 16 whether I changed, but like, yeah, I mean, thank God, you know, young people are so much more, yeah. I mean, like the youth climate movement is so endlessly inspiring. It's really inspiring. Really, yeah. I mean, you could do that and run a cattery as well. I'm, yeah, yeah. Do it, run the cattery. Cattery could be the hub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Um, on the, the youth side, my agency, we've just done a campaign with you, and a couple of the um influencers that we use were Gen Z and like Gen Z cross millennials, and it was just so interesting to see how many incredible influencers there are out there who are doing amazing things on social media, but are working for the greater good. Because I know Bianca and I, we have this podcast and we talk about sustainability, but we still are focused around fashion and beauty. And it's very um, traditional in the sense of influencer world, but seeing how these environmentalists and activists are using their social media to be influencers, I'm just obsessed with it. And also looking at, the results that some of them got and seeing how they were how many people they were able to reach with yes. their message yes breathtaking to think yes. how influencer marketing has evolved yeah that really resonates me when I think about like um how your voice is often the most powerful asset you have especially mm-hmm. when we talk about you know inspiring inspiring others and yeah we we talk about it at Greenpeace a lot particularly at the moment um around we have a platform like we're you know a huge global environmental campaigning organization and we have a platform and there's things like what can Greenpeace say and what can we lend like how can we lend our platform also to others um to so that they can sort of give their direct and personal appeals um and that makes me think of something that I did recently just in in my sort of day-to-day role as a campaigner talking about yeah all the variations and things that we do is I worked on um as a collaboration with um an indigenous leader from Brazil called Sonia Gojajera and we delivered a direct message from the heart of the Amazon from her to supermarket bosses at their headquarters outside London because of their actions are connected to her home and her future her you know her community's future her culture's his, uh, her culture's future and it is about yeah having this multitude of voices and stories like you know intermingling and sort of upping the pressure so yeah it's really yeah brilliant it's, it's really interesting fruitful space I was gonna say it sounds like it's so fulfilling what you're doing it for you yourself it sounds like as as a role you can walk away and feel like you're doing something so great or people may know not know the impact that what your role is doing but you're you've got this great impact on what's going on in the world and influencing change and it's, it's just interesting to listen to I'm like forever stunned by the like I think it's really good to like remember and I always have to remind myself that things are the way they are because of decisions made by people and those decisions can change and obviously Greenpeace is like it is an enormous like everything we do is an enormous team effort I am we'll get on to talking about Monster but it is uh yeah it's a total thrill to work with so many creatives as well um in in what we're doing so yeah in the sort of the dark days of getting really gloomy about you know 
whether it's, you know, for example, like the Amazon fires being the worst in a decade, to be able to like, yeah, log in in the morning. And part of my job is hopefully trying to make a difference there is, yeah, you know, it it helps. Oh, well, that's so great. Now, going back to Monster, the reason why we're here today, mm-hmm. um, tell us about this. It's your new campaign that's just launched today because we're, yeah, because of the way we're recorded, it's just launched today. So let's talk about what it is and also what inspired the metaphor of the monster being in the kitchen. Sure. So Monster is a short animation. It's incredibly beautiful, like deeply immersive production with the Studio Cartoon Saloon. And it's so beautiful, but it's so horrifying at the same time. Um, I think for me, it's exacerbated by the fact that the story is centered through a child's perspective and he meets this, what he calls Jaguar in his kitchen. And we, we learn from him and with him. And basically the film exposes and highlights the devastating role that industrial meat is having on the world's forests. So the film really takes you into the forests and takes you into his like into a new perspective to uncover the hidden costs of industrial meat and it it basically visually links the forest fires and the deforestation that are happening to the other wo- side of the world to to the UK with the meat that's all around us on supermarket shelves and fast food counters and perhaps like our own kitchens as well and then we've got the star of narcos Vagnamora is the narrator um, which is awesome. So very, very excited for everyone to watch and share it and to see the reaction because it's it's definitely it's definitely goosebumps territory. I mean, you guys have seen it as well. Yeah. But I mean, actually for me, yeah. But actually, I don't think it's devoid of hope because like once you've sort of recovered from that sort of, yeah, the experience of watching it, I think like the ending of this story is up for grabs if we act now. And that's definitely what, yeah. Hopefully it'll be, yeah, motivating uh, for people and also increase the pressure um, on companies we want to act. Um, so, yeah, the, the monster metaphor, um, I guess it's, it's about sort of monster meat companies that are sort of driven by profits entirely, um, like violently destroying precious forest um, and, put, and threatening like all life there so that's of course it's animals but it's obviously also indigenous communities who are at the forefront of um, protecting the climate in many ways and also you know feeling the impacts of this huge industrial drive um, on their land and on their lives Um, and I think of like industrial meat companies like think of them like you might think of oil companies Um, so you know huge um huge entities um you know really wiping out so much forest so quickly and um alter all you know a lot of it is about clearing land for meat production so um we've made it because we know this form of storytelling is a great way to get the attention of a huge mass audience that greenpeace doesn't usually reach and i don't know if either of you know or remember um, a film we made two years ago called Rangtang. Mm. Yeah. That had such a massive impact on my family alone. Right. We're not allowed to have Nutella in our house. 
like my mum-in-law went on a huge that she was obsessed with that video she sent it to every single person in her life and for, for since that day we've we've not had Nutella it's actually been quite sad um and so <laughs> yeah I mean yeah it's that's sort of like I'm yeah I, I definitely sympathize with you because I love a chocolatey <laughs> hazelnutty spread but, but, is that... <laughs> but yeah so that was like the the sort of palm oil laced lotions and potions in our homes and yeah it went massively viral and searches for palm oil went up like 10,000 percent or something so we know that like speaking to people on an emotional level like having like about resonance basically like connection like this is the way to to raise awareness because like to be honest even with yeah with a whole campaign deforestation how it's linked to meat like it's you know it's complex and there's sort of big forces the big powers involved with that whether it's governments or companies like that really serves them that it feels too complicated ah you know and all the rest of it Whereas like something like this, which over two minutes takes you on this like fast sweeping journey um, is like, it's an incredible asset to the campaign. So we are so excited to finally be able to um, bring it into the world. It's so interesting because I was having a, a similar discussion with a friend this morning. She's She's not really aware of much going on. She's just plods along, big time consumer, buys what she likes, buys into fast fashion. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for her, it doesn't it doesn't matter in her lifestyle. But she's starting to become more aware. And she said that she watched um, a documentary last night. And then it made her look into how farming is in the UK. And then she was looking at how the impact on the environment from agriculture and all these other things. And she went, I can't give up meat because I like meat and I actually like eating things. She said, but it's definitely making me look at what I buy and where I will be buying from going forward. And I said to her, I was like, this is what this is what the purpose of all of these amazing campaigns are to provoke some sort of emotional response and make you think. It's about making people becoming more mindful and then hopefully kind of kickstarting change in everybody in some capacity. And it's just getting it's so interesting to see how so many of these different um campaigns are coming up. And people yeah. who would have never, ever looked at anything like this are starting to think, oh, God, what am I doing? What my, What is my impact now? And you, Charlotte knows my whole thing is if everybody did something small, it would yeah. have a huge impact. And I think I'm starting to see it more and more in my audience, in my friends and just those around me personally in my little bubble in this world. So I can't imagine if it's happening with those around me, how much is happening to others outside of my circle. God, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah, it can just turn on a dial, like in a moment. Oh, 100%. And I think especially a lot of this stuff, like it really is hidden. And I think especially when like bringing it back to meat, I think like as consumers, we're unwittingly buying into forest destruction we don't want that like that's pushed on us by the the companies that are upholding that system and it really really is in their favor that we don't know much about that system because when you when you're confronted by it it's like right okay so what can I do like to change it um and that's the threat uh that's the threat and it's 
always especially interesting to me when that threat starts to sort of um, interplay with brands and PR and reputation and and all those all those elements of it. Because I think if you were to like you go into a supermarket and you look at chicken, you would have no idea like how how some of that is produced because it's got like this really chintzy little label on it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that sounds nice. Exactly. That is, they take away the horror the horror story behind how it's produced and then they stick this very cutesy little label on it with a bare minimum of information and then you just think oh this is it's kind of separating it, it separates the the gore from the product and I guess it's mm. how advertising comes comes oh, in it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's a it's very like... pretty pristine <laughs> product people won't ask questions about how it came to be like if you ask yeah. those kids they don't have a clue they just see this little like let's just say a chicken running around on a farm and they don't realize that the same chicken that's running around and they think is cute is what they could have be, be having for their dinner they don't think about well their kids they wouldn't but still <laughs> you just don't yeah but it, you know it's just exactly exactly and I think the thing that's interesting to me as well is that when we can't like coming back to meat so a lot of these companies they want to engage with ending deforestation on their own terms so they'll very publicly say you know we support zero deforestation and actually like hundreds of companies in the UK said in 2010 they said right by 2020 we're going to end our part in deforestation and then like really quietly on the sly they've given themselves an extension they didn't they didn't hit it they failed they broke that promise they didn't do that by this year like they didn't even come close to doing that. So I think Monster is about sounding the alarm and increasing that pressure again, because like so many companies that we trust and shop in did make a promise to end their part in deforestation by 2020, mm. but they haven't. And obviously like the health of our forests and like the whole planet actually, and just our health as humans, like everything's connected and so it's about sort of saying, great, you're engaged, but actually actions speak much louder than words. Mm. And, you know, we need you to um, we need you to start basically leading the way into us all to have diets that are less dependent on on meat, because, you know, it's in this sort of um, either or with like the world's forests because of the scale of the industry um, that's involved with it. So, yeah. The mo- monster, yeah, the, video, the film's doing a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And kind it's of doing a lot. additionally on that, we're talking about like supermarkets, these large companies, fast food chains and the like. They're all having, I mean, what is the impact, I guess? And what, I mean, we've spoken a little bit about the impact, but what are the alternatives that they can use, I guess, if, if they're unable to, or trying to stop the deforestation? What are the alternatives that these companies can use? Sure. Okay. So, yeah, just to sort of, yeah, bring it back to the beginning a little bit. So industrial agriculture, main driver of deforestation globally. Um, And I guess within this, what people don't realize is that it's industrial meat as part of this in South America, where a a lot of the forest destruction is happening, like destroying habitats, wildlife, indigenous lands etc and that's in the amazon like the famous one the one we all know and but also like other vital forests like the cerrado in brazil and like half of that's gone it's been completely wiped out and 
and it's been converted into these vast soya um, plantations. And soya is this crop, um, which is the biggest way that our use of it here in the UK is the biggest way that we're part of this fueling deforestation. So it's what this crop soya is what um, is fed the vast majority of um, animals reared for meat in the UK. And half of all the world's soya is grown in South America. So they, so that's a sort of connection with the UK. Um, and it's all about land. So the underlying problem of deforestation is the amount of land used to grow crops like soya to use as animal feed for meat and dairy. And it's something like, I think like a quarter of the whole of Earth's mass, like Earth's land mass is already used for meat and dairy production. Like that's more than enough, right? And that's obviously too much. And we, in the UK, we import millions of tons of this stuff in, um, this soya in, and we feed our factory farmed animals um, and meeting our demand for soya in Britain um, is it uses like about the size of Northern Ireland. So it's an enormous industry. And supermarkets is where most of this meat ends up. And so they're, so they're sort of the way that um, supermarkets promote meat and drive down the cost of it. You know, they're, they're a big part of this, this sort of chain of destruction. Um, but they're also involved with it in other ways. So, for example, there is, um, so like, for example, the big supermarkets, they don't necessarily like uh, produce their own, all their own meat, but they're buying it from suppliers. And some of these suppliers are actually owned by a company called JBS, which is a, a notorious company in Brazil linked to deforestation. So if you buy meat from these companies, you're bankrolling Amazon destruction. Um, so we want companies to cut ties with those companies, like those suppliers, first off. Um, and also, you sort of can't get round this issue without tackling reduction. Like you have to start reducing the amount of meat. Um, and as I say, like leading us all towards diets that are much richer in um, and better for us and more nourishing um, in sort of planet-friendly foods. So you know, much more pulses, more fruit and veg. And of course, there's probably a role to play for, you know, the full sort of plant-based foods as well. So I think like it is really important to say that chances are bosses and, you know, some of these big food retailers, like they do care about the Amazon. They want to do the right thing, but they're in a difficult position because um you can't sell industrial meat on this scale without being involved in deforestation and you can't sell this amount of industrial meat without sort of meaning that your customers are unwittingly buying into forest destruction because there's no way, like no retailer has a way of knowing where their soya comes from because it's all mixed together, the good stuff, the bad stuff. Um, so rather than sort of buying their way out of the problem, um, these retail, retailers really need to sort of tackle um, tackle the amount that they're they're pushing and the amount that's on the shelves. So it's yeah, it's sort of serious biz- business decision territory. Um, it's dropping those forest 
destroying suppliers and yeah we think they should replace half the amount of meat they sell with healthy and affordable plant-based alternatives by 2025. I think that's the big thing affordability when you talk about there's this thing when you talk about going plant-based or being vegan or just living a bit of a balanced lifestyle people assume it needs to be expensive um and sometimes it is. I was going to say, yeah, sometimes it is. And that's, yeah. Which is the issue. Um, but the only way that we'll, I always say this, the only way that we'll make changes is if we have full backing from the government. There's just a lot to be said about the food and beverage industry. Um, there's been a lot in the news recently as well, um, this week, to do with the industry. And it's just, um, it's just difficult because as soon as you say, you know, you need to cut down your meat, I can imagine the general public being like, well, you know, I can't go to Whole Foods. I can't go to Planet Organic. It's too expensive for me. And fair enough. Yeah. And, and, and that's why at Greenpeace, we don't, we don't target like individuals for the change. It's like, it's about, um, I don't know if I said this already, but what does doing your bit look like? And as an individual, like that's completely tied to your means, your situation, um, your bank balance, um, time, all the rest of it. So it's going to be different. Um, but if you're a massive company and you are, you know, putting millions of meat products um, on the shelves every year, you're, you know, behind the import of millions of tons of soya, then doing your bit to end deforestation <laughs> is demonstrably bigger and more important and more urgent. Um, and that's where Greenpeace, that's why that for us is where change is, the change that needs to happen at the pace and the scale that we need it. Because it really, really, and I can't like, stress this enough, it really suits the biggest companies in the world for people to feel guilty about their own limitations and what they can do. But actually, it needs, the light needs to be and the, the heat needs to be on them because they can change. Um, and they need to. And to be honest, like, you know, anything less is not going to cut it. <laughs> it's not going to cut it right now. I mean, like, we've got, yeah, the fires in Brazil, worse they've been in a decade. We've got, like, a wetland, like, a wetland in South America on fire. Like, a quarter of it has been destroyed. So it's like... It's it, so much. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. It's like, it can be quite... When you think about what's going on in the world at the moment, just the current state of affairs, economically, like physically, and it's it can be quite overwhelming. You can just, it's a lot. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, that totally represents my state of mind on a regular basis. <laughs> I think like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, what is the whelm, like whelmometer? of the week but it's like I think you you like bring something in to play that I think is really important when we're talking about such enormous change which is the idea of a just transition so making sure that like impacted communities impacted workers are at the heart of change and that's part of why um Greenpeace in its campaign you know part part of what we're doing learning to do more is make the links between environmental abuses and systemic racism and that's you know part of our 
you know, and our campaign is a global campaign and we do lots of campaigning in Brazil. So obviously that, you know, the issue around um, whether it's indigenous people, um, communities throughout the Amazon, or indeed, you know, even people that work in meat factories here in the UK, like it all needs to be weighed in the balance. And, you know, but that, you know, if anything, should sharpen the, you know, um, the need for the push on these big companies to to undo and unravel this system that they've created and, and put something back where the food system that we have is working with nature and not against it yeah it's such an important thing that you're doing this campaign is actually really exciting until um I started working with Greenpeace a couple of months ago I actually didn't think about the impact that the meat industry would have had on the rainforest or any forests at all um I think whenever I think of food, I think of health benefits and not environment. And I think this is something I need to really um, look into more about what are the environmental impacts on everything that we do rather than just, I always think about either me personally or workers, but with workers, I think it normally comes to garment workers because that's how, that's what I know. And I don't know anything about food. Um, so it's just been really interesting learning about this and I can't wait to learn more and do more yeah it's such a concentration of power like with most big industries like you know interests of a minority that are putting at risk you know whole swathes of vital forests but also like also like the the planet itself you know our climate you know it's um it's a huge yeah it's obviously it's a it's a huge issue um and yeah it's I I mean I'm you know I'm you know learning more about it all the time I'm going to level with you like you know when I first learned about um you know how food that we ate in the UK was connected to deforestation I remember a company replying and saying I'd seen a campaign and a company was saying that we don't buy, we don't buy beef from Brazil. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds good. <laughs> cool. Okay. So there's no problem. Like campaign one. And it's like, you know, there's also, as well as, you know, huge financial interest, there's huge, like huge PR machines behind maintaining the status quo, main, maintaining business as usual. And it's like, yes, there's not a lot of beef from Brazil here. But that's not the only, the problem doesn't stop there. The problem is about the feed for these animals that are reared in the UK is pressure, is, you know, is really building pressure on the world's forests. So it's like understanding, yeah, the the sort of bigger system. But yeah, I mean, that part of it for me is, you know, it's a huge part of why our campaign is targeting um, UK food companies, because of course they don't want to be connected with deforestation um but you know they are and part of what we hope from monster is that we'll really raise awareness of that and you know show show these companies that there's a real mandate from their customers um and real support from customers for them to make the change to move us away from this diet that's so dependent on industrial meat that's so good it is all about education exactly once people know 
something or they've been given the information, then the decision lies with them as to how they can, they want to continue. They can make an informed decision or they can choose to just carry on in their ways. It's up to yeah. them. <laughs> Um, so I guess our final question is something that we've been asking everyone. Um, if you could ask everyone to make one small change, one small sustainable change, I should say, what would that be? Well, I guess Monster shows powerfully why our future depends on eating less meat and dairy. So um, definitely on an individual level, it's great to make an effort where you can. So like easy switches, um, particularly those that, don't like add additional expenses so like whether that is something really simple like swapping a meat sandwich filling for a veggie or a vegan one or like sampling the like huge range of plant-based milks in your cereal and tea I think like but coming back to something I said already yes reducing our meat is so important but everyone's means are different and that alone I think like isn't enough so to solve the problem we really need supermarkets and fast food restaurants to lead the way in moving away um, from industrial meat so um, I think I don't know can I say one small change would be to join the Greenpeace campaign watch and share monster add your voice (laughs) (laughs) search Greenpeace monster start from there Um, I think that's a brilliant one (laughs) (laughs) and and like genuinely as well like at the end of the film in that sort of moment of reeling there is a petition as well um the more of us that get involved and share the film and sign the petition it's proof to companies that consumers want change and will support them to do that so that's important as well definitely um that was so so informative um if anybody wanted to find you or Greenpeace online where should they look I would say uh, find Greenpeace UK on Instagram Mm -hmm. um, or I'm on Twitter at Eleanor Polisano and if you just search um, monster Greenpeace monster that will yeah you'll end up at the film and also links to find all of Greenpeace's campaigns and content so yeah please join the conversation